Hello everyone, this is Pastor Brandon, not coming to you live tonight. I recorded this message last night, Tuesday evening, before our Nation in Prayer call-in fellowship and prayer hotline that we do every Tuesday and Thursday. For those of you who have not participated in that program, I encourage that you do so because we've been able to witness a lot of testimonies of God's healing, of His faithfulness, of His provision. We've really been able to have some great fellowship with one another and some great fellowship with the Lord and just be able to see that God is still in the miracle working business. We've seen healings. We've seen um, just all kinds of things that the Lord is doing during the midst of this, this time of quarantine. And I just truly believe that, that God is still at work in our midst today. If we keep our eyes open and our hearts open and uh, prepared to be able to receive what he's doing and hear and our ears open to, to what, hear what he's saying. I just believe God is ready to speak to us as much today as he was 2,000 plus years ago. As much as he spoke to the children of Israel back in the Old Testament times. I truly believe that God is still speaking to us in miraculous ways to this very day. So for those of you who haven't been able to participate in our Nation in Prayer call-in fellowship and prayer hotline. I encourage you to do that on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and join your voices with join your voice with with voices from all over the country. We've had people calling in from Michigan and Florida, all over Georgia, Alabama, Arkansas. I don't even know where all, but just from all over the place. And we've been really blessed to be able to participate. Uh, in that that prayer nation and prayer hotline that we've been doing that program that we've been doing it's been a great time so I encourage you to take part in that just a quick update on Sunday morning services I know that the state has right now officially opened churches to be able to meet in person however we just want to take the next couple of weeks to evaluate and observe and see what's going on because if you'll notice, even in China, I've heard a report even today, earlier today, that China is already going back into quarantine and mandatory lockdown. And so we don't really know what's going to happen over the next week or so. So I just want to take, take our time, open this thing up kind of slow. Not that we're not being faithful to the Lord and His will and His call. We're just keeping our ear to the ground. We're, we're staying in, in constant fellowship and constant contact with Him anyway. And so we're going to be back together very soon. I'm hoping, and this is just me just going out on a limb, two weeks from now is Mother's Day. My hope, my dream, my desire is for us to be able to have service on Mother's Day. I don't know yet. We will definitely not have service at the church on this coming Sunday, but we're going to stay open to the idea of possibly Mother's Day or possibly the following Sunday after that. We will keep you updated, probably put out some phone trees, maybe make some update videos for Facebook. One way or the other, you'll find out when we are to meet back up at the church. In fact, one of the things that we're doing right now is our deacons are calling around to our various families and asking for your input on what you think about coming and meeting back in person at the church and how you guys feel about that and 
and if you would actually do that over the next two or three weeks. So we'd like to hear from you in that regard. Leave a comment below. Send us a private message. Call the church. Send us an email. Whatever. Just, just do something to reach out and let us know or you know, talk to your deacon when they call and let us know if you feel comfortable meeting back over at Lucerne Baptist Church, 4805 Stone Mountain Highway, Lilburn, Georgia, 30047, anytime in the next two to three weeks. But again, none of this is set in stone. We're just going to keep our ear to the ground over the next week or so and decide on a week-by-week -week basis of what we're going to do to safely open up the church and be back uh, in, in physical fellowship with one another, which I know you guys are looking forward to as much as we are. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and we're going to open with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump back into uh, part three of a study on the life of Jesus. We've studied for, we've had two sessions so far. Last week, Brother Brett gave me the, the Wednesday off, and he blessed you guys with, blessed us all with um, with the word last Wednesday. And so this is a continuation of the study that I started three weeks ago. And the last time we met was two weeks ago. So this will be a study on the life of Jesus, part three. This is my favorite topic. Well, one of my favorite topics. I'll say that. I'm passionate about this. You're in for a real treat. I've got a lot of good stuff in store for you. A lot of great information. I believe you're going to be blessed. And I'm looking forward to sharing this with you. And I know I say that pretty much every time that we meet together. But again, I love the Word of God. You love the Word of God. And we're excited to hear the Word of God taught, preached, and spoken, and all that. And actually, what I'm saying now kind of relates to, to the message. And I'm excited for it. So let's bow our heads, go to the Lord in prayer, and ask Him to bless this time together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together in fellowship, Lord, with you and your word. Father, I'm praying right now that you would open up our hearts and our minds to receive the word as you've instructed for me to preach it, Lord, and to teach it. So I'm asking that you would help me to speak it with authority and with boldness. And Lord, anything that's not of you, I'm asking that you would just let it fall by the wayside, God. But all of the seed of the Word of God, Lord, that, that you have in store for us today in this message, I'm asking that you would help it to fall on good and fertile ground, that we may be able to receive a bountiful blessing that can only come with fellowship with you and your Word. I love you, I praise you, and I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, again, this is a part three of... A study on the life of Jesus. And the question that I have in store for you tonight is this. Did Jesus exist before his human conception? Did Jesus exist before his human conception? Now two things I want to say before we move past this. Number one, get a pen, get some paper, take some notes, get a highlighter, Mark up your Bible. I'm telling you, don't use your computer. Don't use your phone to follow along unless you're blind and you can't see your physical Bible. We'll let you slide on that. You can blow the letters up on your computer or on your phone. Praise God to that. But please, if you can, get your actual Bible out 
and follow along. I've got a lot of great scripture for you. And so the question again, oh, oh, and then number two, invite your friends to view this video. They are going to be blessed. They are not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to embarrass you. There's some great stuff that's going to come out of this message. So share this video, invite your friends for a watch party, which is some, I don't know how to do it. Somehow you can do it on the live video streams. You can host a watch party. Brett does it all the time. I don't know how to do it, but there's some kind of button you push on there somewhere you can look around or whatever. But regardless, invite your friends to watch this. This is some good stuff. And share this video otherwise. So again, this is actually one of my favorite topics to talk about. Um, so turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read out of Genesis chapter 1 to begin with. Uh, we're going to start from verse 1. And what I want you to notice is this theme that is common to everything that we're going to read in the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. But before we get too deep into that, this particular subject, I want you to know one more important thing that I think will bless you and that I think that you need to know. Probably a lot of you already know this, but I'm sure there are some out there who don't. Um, the book of Genesis is the first book in the Bible. Well, of course we already know that. That's not really what I was going to say, but there's a reason why I'm saying it. The book of Genesis is the first book in the Bible. And the first verse in the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning. So the name Genesis actually means beginnings or origins. For those of you out there, the OG, the original, the beginnings or the origins. So remember what we talked about a couple of weeks ago on Wednesday night that pertaining to the uh, names of different people and places and titles of Jesus that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I told you that the names of various cities and people of God throughout the Bible and the different titles and names of Jesus, they all had meanings that pertained to whatever it was that that person was called or that place was called. Names in the Bible, whether it be cities or people, have meanings. And in this particular case, concerning the first book of the Bible, the name of the book Genesis has a meaning. And that meaning is beginnings or origins. That's why it's at the beginning of the Bible, because it talks about, and the main purpose is uh, of Genesis is to explain where everything came from at the beginning. So let's get back to the topic of discussion today, which is, did Jesus exist before his human conception? Let's see what the Bible has to say about that. We're actually going to read the entire first chapter of Genesis because we just have to. There's so much good stuff here and the theme just sets itself. So I want you to see this here. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God capital S, moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. 
And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the, fir called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. That's important right there, that phrase. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. Verse 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. Verse 19, And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, 
and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the and every tree, in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, if we were to break this entire chapter down by coming up with one or two sentences to explain the overall theme, what would it be? Well, if it were up to me, and right now it is because I have the microphone, that's an inside joke for those of you who go to Lucerne Baptist Church, a little light humor there for you, I would say, I would summarize the overall theme of the first chapter of Genesis like this. In Genesis chapter 1, God creates the heaven and the earth, the day and the night, the sky and the land and the oceans, the grass and the trees and the herbs, the sun and the moon and the seasons and the animals, and last but not least, God created the man and the woman in his own image. And all of this God created by the power of his word. Nine times, you can count them yourself in your King James Bible, nine times the phrase, and God said, appears in Genesis chapter 1. What's significant about that is the number nine in the Bible represents fruit bearing. And we can see all throughout this first chapter, there is a lot, a lot of fruit bearing going on. Not just in the way that God created for nature to operate. You can go back and read what we just read about how the seed, the seed yields after its own kind. The beast yields after its own kind. All of that destroys the theory of evolution, by the way, which creation and evolution doesn't mix. No matter what somebody else tries to tell you, it just does not mix at all. Although there are a lot of people out there that will tell you that it does. But nine times the phrase, and God said, appears in Genesis chapter 1. So we know that the number nine represents fruit bearing in the Bible. And one of the examples of that is Galatians chapter 5. There are nine fruits of the Spirit. So when God was ready to do something, He spoke the word and it happened. So when God spoke, there was a fruit of His labor. God spoke, and the thing which he spoke actually happened. So how does all of this relate to the question that I've posed to you at the beginning of this lesson? Did Jesus exist before his human conception? I want you to turn over to John chapter 1, and I want you to remember while you're turning there to John chapter 1, I want you to remember a couple of weeks ago when I summarized the main particular focus on the person of Jesus from the perspective of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In other words, I very simply and very generally summarized 
the main focus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the reason why there's four Gospels is because there's four witnesses of the life of Jesus Christ. We know that that's part of God's established way of order and the way His law works. That out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. There can't be just one person that says, this is what something is, and we just take it at face value. No, there has to be valid witnesses to testify of the veracity of a thing. We even take that same concept within our own judicial system. It's flawed. It doesn't always work in our natural way of doing things. Sometimes we get it wrong. But you can't convict somebody of murder based on what one person said about someone. It just doesn't work. There has to be multiple witnesses. But the four different Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each one came from a different perspective, talking to a different group of people, and kind of focusing on various minute different details within their Gospel of the same account, of the same account of Jesus' life. One Jesus, but four Gospels. Amen? Um, Matthew, his main focus was that he announced Jesus as king. Mark presents him as servant. Luke focuses on him as a man. And John highlights him as God. Remember, I want you to turn to John chapter 1 so I can show you how Genesis 1 and the theme there ties into the question, did Jesus exist before his human conception. And understanding John's intention in his gospel, John's focus in his gospel is highlighting Christ as God. In other words, John's main focus in his gospel is, uh, in his gospel account is to preach the deity of Jesus Christ. That he's more than a man. Because remember, most people at this time, even many of the disciples, considered Jesus just another prophet. But John says that Jesus is much more than just another prophet. He is God in the flesh. Amen? So let's look at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and then also verse 14. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now verse 14. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory... The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So here we have the same theme in John chapter 1 as we have in Genesis chapter 1. And not only the same theme, but we also have the same phrase, in the beginning. Genesis 1.1 opens with those same three words, in the beginning. Now keep in mind that the Jews at this time were no stranger to the book of Genesis. And they probably heard Genesis 1-1 read throughout their lives as much as we have. 
We've all heard what you know Genesis 1-1 spoken and read and preached a thousand times in our lives. And the Jews were no different. They had this text available. It was written by Moses. So, in Genesis, Moses is telling us that in the beginning, before any of this world that we live in ever existed, God was already there. He was there in the beginning, so therefore He must have existed before the beginning of this world as we know it. And then, not only so, but God's Spirit was also there, as you can see Him moving upon the face of the deep, uh, the, the, um, uh, the face of the waters, as you see in verse 2, Genesis 1, verse 2. The Spirit of God, capital S, moving upon the face of the waters. And there was also someone else there in the beginning. And that someone was the Word of God. And nine times in Genesis 1, we see the Word of God at work forming the world that we now see. So everything that we see all around us and the things that we don't see, we can't see the forces of gravity. We see the fruit of the forces of gravity, but we can't see it with our own two eyes, not our physical and natural eyes. But the things that we can and the things that we can't see that make this world up as we now know it, the Word of God was at work forming those things in the beginning. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And there was a firmament in the midst of the waters. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. On and on, that account goes in Genesis 1.1. So, when someone, this is, pay, pay attention here. I'm going to ask you a series of questions here to get you to think about how these two passages, these two chapters of Scripture go together as one. When someone says something, what does that really mean? What, what is happening there? Well, that means that they are speaking something out of their mouth. They're saying something. And what comes out of someone's mouth when they say something? What comes out of someone's mouth when they are speaking? Words. Amen? When I'm, right now I'm speaking, and what I, what's coming out of my mouth as I'm speaking are words. Are you following me? And God said, well, what did he say? He said words. Somebody say amen. Somebody say the word amen. So when God spoke in Genesis 1, he said words. Words were coming out of his mouth creating that for which he spoke. In the beginning was the Word, John chapter 1. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So in the Genesis, in the beginning, in the origin of these things of which we know in this world, in the beginning was the Word. 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God. The same what? The same Word. Talking about the Word in verse 1. The same, the Word was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, now watch this. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Who is him that without him was not anything made that was made? John made this statement in verse 3. Without him was not anything made that was made. What does that mean? What is, why is he calling the word of God? I thought we were talking about the word of God here. But yet John is calling the word him. Why is he doing that? Because the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his Glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ is the Word of God made flesh. Are you following me? The same Word that when God said, let there be light and there was light, all the way back in Genesis, this is the same word that John is testifying of in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. When somebody speaks, they are speaking words. And those words are a part of who they are. Out of the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. That's Luke uh, 6.45. So when God speaks, He is speaking words. And those words are who He is. Somebody say, Amen. The same word that became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. All things were made by Him. Well, we just read that in Genesis chapter 1. That God said, let there be light, and there was light. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Now, I want you to turn over to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to read verse 16 and 17. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. For by Him, talking about Christ were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Now hold on a minute. I thought it was God who created all things. That's what we read in Genesis, right? And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Well, that's correct. But Jesus Christ is God. And not only did He create all things, but all things actually continue to exist, as we just read in verse 17, Colossians 1, all things were made by Him and for Him, and by Him all things consist. He existed before all things, 
and by him were all things made. And not only so, it's not like he just operated in the past, but right now by him all things consist. There's another scripture I wish I would have included in this. You can look it up. Not sure exactly where it is. I think it's in Hebrews, but I could be wrong. But, he, but the Bible says that all things are held together by the word of his power. That's powerful stuff right there. And who is that? That's Jesus. The same Jesus John testified about in the beginning. The same Jesus that Moses wrote about in the book of Genesis. The same Jesus that Paul wrote about here in Colossians chapter 1. Now turn to 1 John 1, 1. 1 John 1, 1. That's just a few pages before Revelation. Uh, some people call the three letters of John at the end of the Bible, towards the end of the Bible, they call them Little John. This, these three letters were written by the same John that walked with Jesus as a part of his inner circle. The same John that the Bible refers to as the one whom Jesus loved in John 19 verse 26. It's the same John who wrote the Gospel of John and the same John that wrote the book of Revelation. So John wrote the Gospel. John wrote the three epistles of John, the three letters of John, and John wrote the book of Revelation. It's all the same John. So turn to 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. And that says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word, capital W, of life. The word of life. Here is John testifying again that Jesus is the word. And he was all the way from the beginning. Now remember, Jesus, uh, John's main focus was forget about all this other stuff. My mission in life is to tell people that Jesus is more than a man. Jesus is more than a prophet. Jesus is God from the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word created and made everything. And by Him, as Paul later said, all things consist. So, constantly, John is testifying of Jesus Christ who was in the beginning, the Word of God who is God and created all things. That's just, this is awesome stuff to me. It really is. Now, last but not least in this particular study, there's many other scriptures that we could go to and look at on this particular subject. I encourage you to go through and, and find this theme in other places in the Bible. It's all over the place. But we don't have time in this one study. And I want you to, I want, the whole idea of these lessons or these Wednesday night studies is to give you something to go on in your personal and private study time. This should encourage you and get you fired up so you can take that fire, that zeal, that hunger, and that excitement and go back and look further into 
these subjects that I'm presenting to you. I'm just giving you a foundation to get excited about. There's plenty more on this subject, but my personal favorite, and that's hard to say. Excuse me. That is hard, a hard thing to say. There's so many good ones, but this is definitely one of my favorites. This particular few passages cannot make it more clear, more evident of what we're talking about tonight. Did Jesus exist before his human conception? Turn to Revelation chapter 19. I'll give you a second to get there. Revelation chapter 19. I love this. 19, 11 through 16. Revelation 19, 11 through 16. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, capital F, capital T. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. That is amazing. Verse 14. And he was clothed with a vesture, excuse me, verse 14, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth, watch this, goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Verse 16. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Y'all, his name is called the word of God. Now, who is all this talking about? Well, it's talking about the only one who we can call Faithful and True, capital F, capital T. The only one who can judge in righteousness and make war. The one who wears many crowns and whose clothing is dipped in blood. His blood. The propitiation of sins, as I talked about on Sunday, hallelujah. The only one whom we can call King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There's no other king above this king. There's no other Lord above this Lord. Jesus Christ's name is called the Word of God. Now watch this, and I love how he comes back from out of verse 15 here. This is incredible. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. Now remember Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is quick 
and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Somebody ought to say glory. The Bible is amazing. It fits together like one living, breathing, I don't want to call it organism, but I don't know what else to say. It's the Word of God. The Word of God is alive. It's living. It's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Somebody say glory. That's just, this is amazing to me. It really is. This, I can't even, I can't even begin to describe what this does to me. So back to the question that started this quest of knowledge and understanding on did Jesus exist before his human conception? The answer is yes, absolutely, closed book without a shadow of a doubt. When God spoke in Genesis, it was Jesus, the Word of God, that created all the creation that you and I see existing all around us. The same Jesus, the same Word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us was in the beginning. And he's talking about the beginning of this life. I don't know where he was, you know, what he was doing before the beginning of this world. I don't know. But if he created this at its origin, then that even tells us that he exists outside and before all of this. And I can't even wrap my my mind around that. He is infinite. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He's Jesus. He's God. He's the Word of God. He's the creator of the universe. So I hope that this lesson has blessed you. Part three, study on the life of Jesus. Did Jesus exist before his human conception? The answer is yes. He was in the Old Testament. He was before the Old Testament. He came in the New Testament in the flesh. He was, he was crucified, buried, got defeated death and hell in the grave, rose from the grave, and became uh, our intercessor, our high priest that made us right, those who have accepted him and his finished work on the cross and believes in him and calls on his name, believe that he died and rose from the grave, For those of us who have done that, man, Jesus, He's God. The same God that existed in the beginning, that created all of this. He knows you by name. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And and he, He loves you specifically. He loves me specifically. He wants to have a relationship with you specifically, with me specifically. And it's amazing, y'all. So I hope this has been a blessing to you. Share this video, get it out there, spread the word. Jesus is alive. He he came to the earth before. He ascended into heaven. We're in the church age right now. But I feel like it's getting very close to the next to the next age, which is when Jesus is going to return for his bride. I hope you're a part of the body of Christ. If you're not, reach out to to me, reach out to your pastor, reach out to reach out to the Lord. He's the only one. We can't make you saved. Go to Romans. Read the book of Romans, chapter 3. 
chapter 6, 323, 6.23. Romans chapter 5, talking about the hope and how we uh, are made right and justified in the eyes of God. Then read Romans 10, 9 and 10, and I think 11 and 12 even. And he's going to tell you the way to get saved. And pray and ask God and, and, and go down this path. You won't regret it. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave is the same power at work within the life of the believer. I encourage you to get and, and partake in this life. Like, share this video, get it out there, and be blessed. I love you guys, and I'll see you Sunday.